Welcome to the Birdie Room. I'm your host, Jeff Maroon, and I have a great interview for you guys today with Dr. Tim Swinson, the owner of Primal Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports Focus podcast. We will deep dive into our local high school, college, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Rody Runback episode 115, and I have an amazing interview for you guys today with Dr. Tim Swinson, the owner of Primal Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine located in Warwick, Rhode Island. Great interview with Dr. Tim. Awesome just to speak with him. I love what he's doing. We had a great conversation about his background, but I also just love what he's doing for basketball and for athletes that are interested in sports and want to get back in that shape and how to help train them and get ready from an injury or just train them from other aspects of it. Like myself, I will be going up there for a free evaluation. I have bad hips, so he's going to help me show me how to exercise to help loosen that and get ready back in the basketball shape so hopefully I can play in some leagues over the, the winter. Uh, but just a great interview. It was great to get to know uh, Dr. Tim and a lot of fun just to see our conversation just like how his career was and how he played basketball and how he suffered injuries and how those injuries ended up leading to the career path that he's on today. So you guys will definitely hear that in this episode. But before we get into the episode, remember you guys can listen to the episode, on, watch the episode on YouTube or just stay tuned here on the podcast platform you listen to. Remember that like, share, and subscribe button. I really appreciate it. Now for our interview with Dr. Tim Swinson. All right, on today's show, I welcome on a very special guest. He is Dr. Tim Swinson. He is the owner of Primal Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. Doc, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to sit down and chat hoops with you and uh, see where this conversation takes us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Uh, I mean, I know we talked a little bit off air of what you're doing with Primal and it sounds very exciting and so awesome, like what you're doing and everything like that. But before we get into what you're doing right now with Primal Physical Therapy, I want to know, how did you fall in love with the game of basketball? So I have to attribute that to my parents. They were both athletes growing up. And from the time that I can remember, like being able to walk, I feel like they just surrounded me with so many opportunities to like fall in love with sports. And they love basketball so much. And it just kind of came naturally to me when I was growing up. You know, I always had that that little Tykes basketball hoop the pl- with the plastic rim that was adjustable. I must have broke that thing like eight times. I swear to God, <laughs> it was uh it was something that I would use frequently. And um, so ever since I could start dribbling a ball and shooting a ball, my dad was, um, he was my coach from such a young age. And then up until the time I went to high school, that was when he last coached me, you know, formally. And I was always playing against competition that was older than me. Uh, it has advantages of being a little man child when you're like four years old and you can play against guys that are six years old yeah. and kind of get, you know, a good, uh, you know, experience in at a young age when you're playing with older kids. Cause my cousin was a few years older than myself. My dad coached him first, but I would always go to the practice. I always wanted to like be with my dad and hang out with him. And um, I would want to just show up to the practice no matter what. So I would go, I'd hang out, shoot around, dribble. And my dad was like, you know, this kid's really good. Like, he's just going to play with us. I don't care how young he is. So I was very fortunate to have my parents, like, really, you know, allow me to be around and surrounded by basketball at such a young age. I played, you know, other sports and stuff like that, too. But, um, you know, basketball is the one that stuck with me. And I've been very fortunate to be able to play ever since then. Um, so that's that's kind of where things got started. And then you know how it goes from there. You go from such a young age and you just keep maturing and keep playing. And then eventually I started playing with kids that were actually my age. And then we developed a lot of chemistry together and ended up playing high school with a bunch of those guys. So 
it's been a long time, man. It's a, it's a game that's been very good to me in so many different ways. And, you know, it's still, it's still coming back around. I just want to keep myself around that environment just because I'm so passionate about it. I love it so much. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, I know, I know I feel that grew up the same way. Basketball has been like my biggest, my favorite sport uh, growing up, obviously. It was there also like when you were playing and starting to recognize that, you know, you could hang with the older guys and, you know, being like that, was there like a time where you're like, all right, so this is a sport I want to do like all the time and just be a part of it constantly. Is that like, is that like a time that like, you kind of notice as you're just playing? I think I was just, so when I was growing up, I played a bunch of different sports, you know, yeah. like I, I had no question about how much I love basketball. And we always had a basketball hoop in our backyard. And I'm talking like when it was freezing cold out, you know, growing up in the snow belt in Massachusetts, we'd always have some snow on the ground in the wintertime. We'd always have to shovel the driveway out, but we'd have a light on. And my dad and I would always clear some space on the driveway. And even the weather was, you know, not great we'd still go out there and shoot hoops after dinner and we'd still like, you know, do some drills and, and mess around and stuff like that. So I've always had like a passion for basketball for sure, but I just wanted to try a bunch of different stuff. So I played baseball, soccer, football, uh, and, you know, a bunch of different sports growing up. Um, but, you know, over the test of time, basketball was the one that stuck with me the most. And, you know, you can probably attribute that to the fact that I'm six foot seven and kind of just naturally came into uh, that sort of a role. And apparently the rest of the world thinks that if you're six foot seven, you should automatically play basketball. So that bias has stuck through for myself, at least. And uh, yeah, basketball has always been it for me. That's awesome. And so when you be six foot seven and then being you know, playing basketball and everything. So in high school, did they just automatically put you at the center position where you're like, I want to play like a shooting guard or something like that? Or do they always put you at center? Yeah. Well, when you have a point guard that, you know, doesn't want to pass to the basketball and just wants to jack up shots and uh, there's only so much you can do. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> at a certain point, you know, I, when I was growing up and I wasn't, you know, taller than everybody else, we all, we always had like a pretty large group of kids that I play with. Um, but before I hit my growth spurt, I would handle the rock a little bit. I was very used to being able to like control the offense, bring the ball over half court, dribble the ball up, you know, uh, that kind of stuff at a pretty young age. So I always had a pretty good, you know, handle for the ball. And I always had a really good like anticipation and instincts. And I feel like I've always been like really good job of being able to set my other teammates up for, you know, easy buckets and, you know, I just had like really good vision on the court, but then when I grew, you know, ultimately my position changed and every coach was just like, get under the hoop. And now today, obviously it's very different, right? Yeah. Um, with how the games evolved. And so, um, I had one, <laughs> I had one game and I, I think it was in JV, um, my coach in high school, we were playing some trash team. They were so bad, but I, we were just out there, like, you know, basically finish the game up. And for some reason he thought that I was just a corner three specialist for that game in particular. <laughs> and I missed like, I, I missed maybe like a few shots in a row from the left corner. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting like, you know, do I even want to shoot this anymore? And they were leaving me wide open. And I'm kidding you not, this man just started screaming at me from the sidelines, shoot the ball. <laughs> and I'm just like super nervous about it. I don't, I swear, I must have went like 0 for 12 from three. And I just, it was a tough shooting night, man. So the, uh, the whole like stretch five for me, I just didn't, that was not my mode of operation. I would, I would seldom take threes. Sometimes I would make them, but I was, um, I was always very hesitant to just jack shots. If I could, if, you know, you think about how Zion and Giannis play, like they just have such a height and a physical advantage. And that was the kind of competition that I played when I grew up and in high school. So I could just always get to the hoop and score, like no matter what, just because I could get to the paint, yeah. get a bucket, no problem. And I would just rather do that than sit around and you know, jack up threes that my coach is going to scream at me for taking. 
yeah. I just like how he was just telling you to shoot the three. Like you don't. He see wasn't that. telling me. He was imploring me. <laughs> this man was like, I felt like I if I didn't shoot that three that he told me to, I would have never played again. And ultimately, he became my high school coach, and it became like a running joke over time. And uh, like I don't think I ever took a corner three from the left side of the hoop ever again. How are you on the right side? Better because I'm a lefty, so yeah. I have a different angle at the yeah. hoop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a little bit different. You know, yeah. I'm not out here breaking numbers like Steph Curry or anything like that. But um, I did have a pretty like okay jump shot in high school. I just didn't really get too many opportunities to work like around the wing or away from the basket. I was pretty much primarily just in the paint. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I feel like every time, anytime anyone was over six foot here, especially around Denar area, it was the same thing as like you're in either forward or center and that's it. It's like, it's a completely different game now. Like you'd mentioned, like the, everyone I plays every position, it's like, you're no longer a center. It's like positionless basketball now that we see it. It's so impressive to see guys like you see what Brooke Lopez is doing right now in the finals. I'm just thinking of him as an example um, because ultimately when he started off in the league, it wasn't that way. And then Steph Curry came and totally broke the game for everybody. Yeah. And then you saw him evolve over time as a guy that was primarily just a pick and roll specialist and roll the hoop. Um, and now he's been able to step out and fade and pop on those high pick and rolls and, you know, shoot the three, from, you know, at a pretty reasonable clip for his position. Um, he's changed so much and he's developed such a different game where he's a huge asset to the Bucks, who are, you know, a game away from winning a championship. Yeah. But, you know, I, uh, when I was playing, even in college, that was never something that I really adapted to. I never really felt like, um, a jump shot for our team from me was ever like the best shot. Like we were such a good offense and we had so many different guys that could get open and get really good opportunities to score. I just felt like if we were to get down that side of the court, like we could get a better shot than me taking a shot. I wasn't going to do that. (laughs) Um, So that's just kind of how my mindset had always been. And uh yeah. And, and honestly, like, I'd rather be down low as weird as that sounds. I'm like one of those psychos that just like loves to try to push people around and like create contact. And like, you know, I, I just love that kind of stuff. That's something that has changed for me. Cause initially when I was growing up and playing, I wasn't that way. I was really like shy about contact. I just didn't really have like a physical presence. I was just really tall and lanky. Yeah. And then, things changed for me drastically when I had to actually eat some food and work out, uh, go figure, you know, add 30, 40 pounds in college. And then things are a little bit different, but it's also a mindset thing too. Um, I feel like I got, you know, physically mature to the point where I just felt comfortable knowing that, you know, with how I was training and how I was, practicing I could just get in the post and and you know hold my position well against anybody and you know create an advantage for our team yeah that's I mean it's great it's, it, it, it's you don't see that too much often either as well too that the body the push the guy like push the guy around reminds me of uh Tyler Hansborough like someone that would just like the uh, body up with someone like O.T. Up. yeah yes like O.T. yeah that's how I'm a big UNC fan so yeah. I love Tyler Hansborough yeah yeah so, he had a short-lived NBA career but man that kid had one hell of a college career that's for sure yeah he could he could play he was he was a threat yeah. and he was just he was a ball I mean I think the, always the mind like when I think of Psycho T it's always that I think it was the UNC um Duke, Duke. Game, he has no yeah. just bloody and like, yeah just totally like whatever it's iconic <laughs> like, man yeah yeah, yeah. that's absolutely it that sticks out to me the most but like uh you, you mentioned you played in college and, and I kind of want to take a little bit of a step back too you said you had your first injury as well too when you're 12 years old with your knee and, and everything well, what what had happened what what injury did you suffer so when I was growing pretty oh. rapidly um, at a young age, I'd never really got strong enough to the point where, um, you know, my muscles and my joints were able to kind of take all the force that I was producing just with the amount of like playing time that I had either on the field or on the court. 
And it's actually a really typical injury for adolescent males and females that uh, they'll get like basically it's called, you know, Oshkid slaughters or just some basically pain in front of the knee where that, you know, quad tendon inserts and it can get really inflamed and, you know, eventually break down over time just because movement mechanics fall apart. Um, the joint stability all the way through like the ankle and foot, knee, hip, everywhere, up and down the chain are, you know, unstable to a point where they just can't dissipate those forces. And a lot of times it just ends up happening where the knee starts to flare up and have those, most of those issues. So that was problem number one for me. That was where I first started to notice, Hey, when I jump and run, like this is not feeling good anymore. And is it, 11 year old boy, I didn't really know how to explain it or describe it so well to my parents. Um, and I just kind of figured, and I think they figured at least for a small amount of time, it didn't last that long, that it would eventually go away. Oh, just dial it back, put some ice on it. Don't play as much. No, it'll go away. Yeah. Right. And um, it persisted, you know, it persisted over time to the point where I tried to move a certain way so that my knee wouldn't feel that sort of pain when I ran or jumped or, or cut or, or, you know, any of those quick movements. And so I started developing some pain on the actual inner portion of my knee joint. And this was a different kind of pain. It was like a sharp stabbing pain on the inside of my knee whenever I would put weight on my leg. And, um, it got so bad to the point where we had to go see a couple of specialists at um, like around the Boston area, ultimately went to Boston Children's Hospital to get looked at. And I was 12 years old at this point. So I hadn't really hit a growth spurt, but I was a huge fan of quarter pounders and Mountain Dew. So I was, you know, I had some weight on me. I was a little pudgy, but I just didn't really know how to move very well. And unfortunately, my knee just took so much, you know, uh, it just got really banged up over time. So they looked at an MRI, uh, sat in the giant tube magnetic thing for like an hour. It was horrible. And I come out and the guy who, the doctor who looked at the MRI had said that there's bone on bone contact on my knee joint, right on the inside part of the knee where your thigh meets your lower leg bone. And you know, as a 12 year old child, like that's not something that's normal. That's not supposed to happen. That usually happens way later in life where there's no joint space left. So the cartilage had just completely worn down in that specific spot in my knee. And, you know, cartilage at the end of your leg or really in any, uh, any of your long bones doesn't grow back on its own. It's not something that you can just hope will get better with inflammation and rest and exercise and stuff. That's something that needs to be like physically repaired and surgically repaired. So I think I had mentioned to you before that I ended up having a microfracture surgery. So 12 years old, I uh, had to go in for microfracture surgery for my right knee. And that is typically a, you know, from everything that I've read and, you know, learned in school, it's, basically like a death sentence for people that are trying to play, you know, sports long-term. Right. And I think I gave you the example of Greg Oden. Yep. Yep. And so Greg Oden had that same sort of a surgery when he was, I don't know the exact age when he had it, but he had a ton of knee issues and ultimately he had to have a minutes cap and a games cap when he was in the league. And you know how the NBA goes, man, if you can't, if you're not available to play, you're not going to be with the team for very long. Yeah. So he was ultimately phased out of the league and, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened. Um, so my, I had my first injury uh, or surgery rather when I was 12 years old. And then that basically put me, you know, in crutches over the summer, had to miss the, my seventh grade, like basketball season. Um, and then, you know, I had to go through a ton of rehab and a ton of PT after the fact to just be able to walk the right way again, just to be able to try to like move without having as much pain again. So it was, you know, pretty much starting from day one, just such a long and arduous process that, you know, as a 12 year old kid, 
you don't really know where if where or if there's like an end in sight like am i ever going to be able to play basketball again am i ever going to be able to run again without having pain um so that's why i always felt like from that very moment that being able to use that first experience and then you know i had subsequent experiences with physiotherapy and other surgeries after that to just be able to help relate to people that i work with because i know for a fact that mentally it can be exhausting and psychologically debilitating to have to sit there and miss out on a season and sit there and watch your friends play or sit there and watch them like you know have struggle in a game and not be able to help them out or you know just any of the things that come with not being able to play and enjoy the things that you do and just being able to be social as you know a kid growing up and then i had the same exact surgery happen on my left knee uh going into my junior year of high school oh my god so round number two is different same spot just on my left knee though uh, this was right after I actually did hit my growth spurt. So over a very short span of time from freshman year to sophomore year, I went from six, one to six, seven. Wow. So that's exactly what I needed in my life was more awkwardness and uh, more, more <laughs> in coordination. So, you know, right on point with uh, almost getting braces. It was just like everything, the stars were aligning for me. Uh, there's definitely no <laughs> I did not have many girlfriends in high school. It just didn't happen. So um, it is what it is. But yeah. um, so my second knee surgery, I was bumming because I was basically racing to get through rehab to be able to get my doctor to clear me for my junior season. And I could feel so like I rushed back and my junior year, in high school, I just, I hadn't been able to train in the off season. I was just coming off of a knee surgery. So all summer long, I just was immobilized and couldn't play. So for the first several weeks, uh, I just, I was, my conditioning was horrible. I wasn't ready to play. Our team definitely suffered because of that. Uh, but I ended up finishing the year. Okay. You know, didn't get injured or anything like that, but there were numerous instances where, when I didn't need a surgery, I would still have these random joint problems pop up where my knee would still hurt, but it'd be in a different spot or, you know, my lower back would start to kind of bother me a little bit and tighten up. And, you know, now knowing what I know and now have gone through the process, I can tell you straight up, I didn't know how to move, man. I was just so, you know, I was just such a mess from being on crutches so many times, being immobilized so many times, having to deal with, you know, trying to change how I'm moving because I'm just in pain. And ultimately that leads to so many different changes in your nervous system and how your brain is wired to jump, run, walk, all those things. So I never really learned how to do a lot of that stuff the right way. And then also like trained on top of that, you know, from like a strength and conditioning perspective. So fortunately I've been able to take a lot of things in stride and be able to, you know, use all those negative experiences that, you know, ultimately like I, I struggled a lot, man. It was a tough, tough timeframe for me to go through all that stuff. Uh, multiple times, you know, and so when I was picking out and figuring out what I wanted to do for a career, it was a no brainer for me. I, I wanted to help people go through the same stuff that I went through. I wanted to be able to use my experiences to help other people kind of guide them through what I had learned. And I always loved sports. I was always really good at school. I was always a good student. And so fortunately, my calling in life like came to me very easily. Um, and I know that a lot of people can't necessarily say that. So I definitely do feel lucky about that, even though it had to come through some struggle, but I think it just goes to show you that even though in times of struggle, there's always something that you can take from it. And there's always something that you can 
you know, use that to grow as a person and you can use those experiences to help others. So um, I, I can't think of a better way to be able to do that than to be able to do what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's awesome that, I mean, it sucks that you went through all that stuff. I mean, unfortunately, but I guess there's a silver lining in the whole whole package of everything that has happened to you in your past, like in your past with the injuries and everything like that. Um, you know, before we get into the the primal physical therapy, I want to know too, like, what was it like to, for you mentally to kind of like, I, I know I've had some injuries playing basketball and mentally, like I, it took me a while to like, even want to drive to a basket again, or even go up for like a certain thing, like what mentally, like, you know, you play it at the next level too. And how did you mentally overcome that? And you just said you like to be physical. So like, what's it like to kind of take that next mental step? I mean, what mentally helped you get there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think when I came, so let's run it back a little bit because when I was going into my freshman year at Springfield, I was recruited to go there. I was in my head, my, uh, you know, I was going for physical therapy. I got accepted. I got some really good, you know, scholarships and grants and stuff like that. I was all pumped about it. Talked with the coaches, stuffed my face at the dining hall. I was like down, I was ready to go playing basketball there. And uh, ultimately my freshman year came around and I had to really buckle down and, and school was tough for me, man. It was a tough adjustment. Yep. So I, uh, I went through pre like training, like preseason, all that stuff. And, you know, I was getting a bunch of, not a bunch of, but a lot of my really important classes, I wasn't excelling in. It was something weird for me because I've never had to struggle in school like that, or I've never, I've never experienced a struggle in school like that. And it was purely because, I had really poor study habits and I had, um, you know, no understanding of how I genuinely learned things because in high school, for me, to be honest, I just was, you know, I was able to get like good grades without having to put in too much effort, yeah. but like going to school and doing all these classes was so different for me. So I wanted to be able to just focus and dedicate more time to other things uh, to just make sure that my grades were on point rather than, you know, playing basketball, I, I just kind of shied away from that. But I had a lot of, um, a couple of close friends that are on the team. And uh, my sophomore year in college, I had to have my third knee surgery. So I had one of my close friends who was the point guard on the team at the time. Um, you know, we would always go to the game and watch him and support him. So I was always like at the game and I knew how things were going. And, you know, coming off my third knee surgery and rehab, I had to have a revision done on my first operation on my right knee. I was just in a really, really like tough place mentally. Um, because one, because I had to crutch around campus everywhere and it was disgusting and I that it was just horrible. But two, just because I'm thinking to myself, like, am I ever going to be able to like play basketball again? Am I literally ever going to be able to play basketball with my kids when I'm older? Am I going to have that sort of longevity or am I just going to keep getting injured over and over and over again? And uh, it was sickening. I was in a really, it, it was just, you know, tough to wake up and just be like, Oh, yep. On crutches again. Yep. Have to, you know, go through my home program again and have to learn how to walk again and all that stuff. So I, uh, this happened early on in sophomore year for me. So as their season kind of winded down, I was basically getting to the point where I could start to play basketball again. And I just kind of had a flip switch in my brain that I said to myself, you know, I need to like, if I don't try at least, if I don't at least try to make this work and try to play basketball again, I'm going to really miss out on an opportunity that I'm going to be pissed at if I don't take it. Yeah. So going into my junior year, I had a, a, just a mindset switch of, okay, if I need to, if I want to do this, I need to really work freaking hard. I can't just like sit back and do the stuff that I've been doing and be, you know, mediocre effort level with like training or with you know getting on the court and do my thing i need to work really hard to get back at it especially coming off my third knee surgery 
So that summer is when things change for me a lot. Uh, like I said, eating food and lifting weights helps a lot. And being able to do that stuff in the right manner put me in a very different position for being able to, you know, compete for a position and then ultimately like help our team, you know, have a really successful year as a junior. So from then on, like literally from that summer on, I've been just making that a habit as far as having really good routine with working out and training, uh, eating, <laughs> attempting to eat well. Uh, it's not a 24-7 thing. I yeah. promise you last weekend, the last three days, it hasn't been 24-7 thing. <laughs> but it's definitely just more of just awareness yep. about how to do things the right way and how to go about your business to just you know, put yourself in a good position to have success. And a lot of it's just effort and awareness and, you know, being understanding that it's, it's a process, you know, nothing really great happens in a day. It takes time for things to build up and it takes time for, you know, amazing things to happen over time. And I've been able to keep that sort of mindset since that point. And fortunately, like I mentioned to you earlier, I'm almost 30 years old and I feel as good as I've ever felt when I'm playing basketball and even after the fact, and I don't have a cold tub anymore. Like I did at school. We were spoiled. Like I love that thing, but I, uh, I wish I still had one. Don't get me wrong, but I do still feel great on the court. And, uh, even after the fact too. So I'm just, uh, I would just have to attribute to the effort, the awareness and the whole mindset shift, you know, just kind of like digging yourself out of it. And it, it is such a mental struggle with so many things in life yeah. that you kind of feel like you're getting weighed down with. And, um, you know, a lot of self-talks and reflection over time just helped out, put me in a better position, you know? Yeah, that's great. I, I completely understand that. And I mean, it's awesome that you're able to, you know, create that mindset and still live by that mindset even now today with everything. And like you said, you know, eating is not 24 hour, like eating healthy is not always a 24 hour thing. I know I feel like the same thing as well. Yeah. This past weekend was not good, but, um, but how did you bring that mindset now to, you know, how did like with you to your profession with, as well? Yeah. So right from the very beginning of when I start, you know, started working as a, in a, outpatient physical therapist right out of graduate school. I've always tried to put myself ahead by just putting in a whole lot of effort and just trying to learn as much as possible and trying to help the people around me as much as possible and just be a really good teammate. And I think that so many of those qualities came from sports and athletics as far as being able to overcome challenges and you know, realizing that you got to put the effort in if you want to, you know, get the right results. And if you're not getting the right results, you need to look at yourself and figure out where things need to change. Yeah. So just as a, as a teammate, that's always like looking out for people around him that helped me, you know, get to a place where I was in a really good environment at the spot that I was working in, had a great team around me, a lot of really fun and smart and energetic people to be able to learn from and build confidence and build, you know, professional and clinical skills. And uh, I was able to do that for four years. And, you know, without a shred of a doubt in my mind, I've always known that working as a physical therapist and helping other people overcome, you know, obstacles and injuries and challenges, that's always been something that I know I'm passionate about. And I really like, am very lucky to be able to do that, um, you know, every single day in my life. And, uh, you know, it, it's a lot about just being able to stay steady with it and to be consistent with your efforts. And, you know, over time, so many different things can come your way, opportunities that happen or, you know, things that you put intention on uh, happening happen, but sometimes stuff happens out of the blue and, uh, you know, it puts you in a really great position too. So, you know, I just feel very blessed to be able to do what I'm doing. That's awesome. That's great. And how did this everything lead to you to start primal physical therapy and sports medicine? So I had worked for an outpatient company down here in Rhode Island for about four years. 
And I learned so many things about, you know, just in general about being a physical therapist, but how to also do it at a really high level and to get people really good results and to help them, you know, achieve their goals and also have them tell other people about it too. So just help kind of like build that sort of network just by doing a really good job and looking out for other people. Um, I've always kind of known or wanted to at least someday put it out there to like own my own business and start my own thing. But it's not something that happens overnight. It definitely took a lot of time and planning and, you know, ultimately a huge leap of faith to be able to leave a really great job position and to start up something completely on my own without having, you know, really any sort of like business managerial experience. I've never owned or operated a business before. Um, I never went to business school. Uh, like, so for me, it was something that was just more about confidence in myself to be able to do a really good job at the service that I'm providing and just help other people. And the opportunity and situation arose where I was able to find space at a, a sports training facility uh, right in Warwick. So when I was doing some research on just the territory in general to see like where I could set up shop, uh, it worked out really well that the place that I work out of now, it's called Northeast Sports Training. And it's right next to the airport in Warwick. They have a really a little small office space that I can occupy in there and work with patients in there. But also it's just a phenomenal training facility to the point where I can, you know, take my patients and my clients out into the gym and, you know, have that freedom of space that you can't really get at another physiotherapy office. There's just no other outpatient physiotherapy office that's really, you know, allowed that kind of access. And fortunately for me, I work with a lot of people that are you know, of an athletic background or have an athletic mindset and want to be able to use that space, that equipment, and then take all the stuff that we're doing and be able to improve just their, you know, performance level or hit their goals that they're trying to achieve um, at a, to a different level in a different capacity than they may be able to do at a different spot. Yeah. I think, so, it's, I think it's an awesome idea. I know we talked about it off air a little bit and I think, Honestly, I think it's great and it's, it sounds like a great location and everything like that. And what's the idea behind like, you know, the, I know what you're trying to do, but like, can you explain more of like, you're trying to get people athletic working with the athleticism and stuff like that, just kind of do other training as well too. Is, is, is that what we're trying to do as, as well? Yeah. So yeah. I guess there's a multifaceted approach to my business plan and the model that I'm rolling with right now. Um, you know, if you're coming in and you're injured and you want to get a script from your doctor or you have a referral from your doctor or if you have health insurance, you can come in. We can go bill through health insurance uh, as much as I hate that. <laughs> uh, but that is one option for sure. But uh, conversely, you know, if people come to me and seek out my help, um, you know, obviously I've been marketing and trying to direct efforts towards basketball related you know, population, I don't want to limit it to just basketball, but pretty much any sport in general. Um, but basketball is like my forte for sure. But basically what I do, if somebody comes to me and they say, Tim, like, you know, I got this going on. I want to get better at basketball. Like I want to make the varsity team next year, or I'm going to go play in college. Like I got to get better. Can you help me out? Basically what happens is I have that person come through on day one and I have an evaluation and a biomechanical screening tool that I use that I, I developed from a lot of different courses that I've taken over time. And just from general knowledge of, you know, human anatomy and biomechanics. And I have all of that templated out. We go through that whole evaluation. It takes about half an hour. And then once that evaluation is over with, I look at, you know, that player, that athlete and say, listen, I'm seeing all of these things, you know, you're coming to me because your knee is hurting you or you have lower back pain or you sprained your ankle a bunch of times, right? Like we're taking a history to see, you know, how often do ankle sprains happen in basketball all the time. It's the most common injury in basketball. So all of their 
prior injury history is basically, you know, recorded. We talk about that. We make sure that we're on the same page with their goals, what they want to achieve. Um, but a lot of times there's so many underlying things in people that are perfectly healthy too. They don't have to be in pain. They don't have to be injured. If anybody is just healthy and they still want to get better at basketball, then I'm here for that. It's just, we got to break things down and look at it at a microscopic level from a joint by joint perspective and be able to figure out, okay, well, does your back bother you when you're playing because you lack, you know, some stability when you land on one foot? Do you lack, you know, posterior chain, like glute, hamstring, like activation when you're trying to jump or sprint? Do you have really bad posture and your, you know, your core muscles are very weak and they just kind of crap out over time and you just get tired as the game goes on? Whatever they may be, we come up with and we figure out exactly why that kind of stuff is happening. We document it, we record it, and then we come up with a game plan on day one to say, all right, listen, this is everything that I'm seeing here. Once we can clear up all these issues, let's say we can get your hips to rotate better. I can get your ankle to actually bend the right way. Once we start to clear up these mobility and flexibility and movement deficits and limitations, that's when we can start introducing certain movement patterns and certain exercises that are going to help improve, you know, their strength, their coordination, their endurance, their ability to jump on the court, their ability to, you know, slide over and take a defensive slide. Maybe it's their ability to just run from end to end without any sort of issues. Um, so it's about kind of clearing out the underlying issues to why they're not moving well, and then being able to apply a science-based approach to help them move optimally. That's going to eventually translate to, you know, improve success on the court performance improvements, uh, decrease the injury risk, just identifying all those factors that may eventually lead them to an injury. Um, so it's a pretty comprehensive plan of care that you can't just get like through your insurance plan or, you know, just going to some Joe Schmo that like has no idea what they're doing. So being able to work with athletes and track their progress over time has really helped them to feel more confident on the court and to be able to feel that difference on day one. Most people typically do feel a huge difference on day one or the first game or practice that they go to after the fact I've had a bunch of guys you know, text me or hit me up, like literally after their practice, their game. And I had one actually over the last weekend, he hasn't been able to dunk in. He had a quad tendon tear, hasn't been able to dunk in since his injury, was worried he would never ever be able to dunk again. And literally the first game after I saw him day one, he told me he threw down a monster dunk and out of nowhere, I had like, he just couldn't believe it. Wow. So, you know, for me, that's like, that makes me so happy, man. Like just being able to give somebody the confidence again, to be able to go back out there on the court and know that they can dominate and know that they can play without having to worry about being injured or getting you know hurt again. Um, not to say that those injuries can't happen because those are always something that you can't fully prevent, but you can do as much as you can to try to reduce that risk. Um, that's what gets it for me, man. I just love being able to, use the game of basketball to create relationships and to be able to use the knowledge that I have with the movement, <laughs> excuse me, the movement system for the human body. It just kind of comes together. And that's ultimately what I want to keep doing to help, <clears throat> excuse me, grow the game of basketball. Yeah. I love, I love it. I honestly, I, I know we talked about it off air and then the more you talk about it now, still it's like, it, like, it's so, I think it's such a great idea. And I think it's something that we, kind of lack in Rhode Island that we don't have that science behind of like, you know, a quick recover, how to recover from this and how to, you know, the movements and the processes of like how to get back to where you were before and how to maybe do preventative things to prevent that injury going forward. Like you said, you can't prevent them all the time, but there's something, there's some kind of science behind it. And I love that you're bringing that here to Rhode Island, to these players, to these young men and women to have something to have, going forward that they can look forward to if they have some, like you mentioned, the young man who had a quad injury that now can dunk again, like didn't have that confidence and help him work back that area. It's awesome. I think it's awesome what you're doing. I think it's such a rare thing that we don't have. And I think that just like makes me happy because it's just like one thing that round basketball players need and we're 
taking the next step for our players in our state to get them to a whole nother level as well too. Yeah, man. I appreciate you saying that so much. I really do. It's, um, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to actually network and kind of fall into a group of guys that I just met through circumstance. And, uh, you know, they're all older than me and they can't move very well. So when, uh, when COVID like hit and took over, we had been playing pickup on a regular basis for almost two full years on a weekly basis. It was a great run. And before uh, we started getting back to playing for real over the summer, we were organizing some like group workouts, basically outdoors, spread out on a court. You know, you're working with just your body weight. And for 40 minutes, I got these guys prepped up to be able to eventually play basketball over the summer. And so like that for me was great because one, I hadn't seen a lot of them in such a long time. And then two, it's just great to see them struggle with like the easiest exercises on the planet. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And, you know, they're sweating bullets and it's three minutes into the warm up, and, you know, they're dying. Yeah. Um, but seriously, that's how it goes. And, you know, obviously I had just mentioned you about like high school and college age, you know, athletes and stuff like that too. But honestly, there's so many people out there that try to be those weekend warriors and play hoops in the weekends or playing rec leagues. And, you know, basketball is a game for everybody. If you can shoot and, and, and move around, uh, it's not something that has to stop with a certain age necessarily. So a lot of guys that, you know, I think would ultimately, and women too, don't get me wrong, but would ultimately benefit from, you know, coming in to at least get a free evaluation. It doesn't cost anything. I do a free eval for whoever wants it um, to at least come in and see where they may be lacking and, you know, I can guarantee you if you're, you know, over the age of 30 and you sit at a desk all day, you probably got some sort of issue going on that's not going to help you move very well. <laughs> yeah. So when you get off your butt and get on the court, you're just putting yourself at more of a risk for getting an injury. So, you know, it's just uh, a nice thing that the state of Rhode Island is so small and the, the people that I've been able to share certain experiences with have sent you know, their loved ones, their coworkers, their friends and family to see me. And the word of mouth has been really, really, you know, overwhelming. It's just such a small net community and everybody knows everybody. So, you know, I'm happy to be here in Rhode Island and be able to help people out because, you know, there's so many schools and, and kids in the area that are looking to get better at hoops. And it's so competitive nowadays. If you want to play at the next level that, you know, you have to, you have to be doing something different than everybody else. Yeah. If you're just playing basketball consistently and you're not working on developing your athleticism and you're not working on helping your body feel better, you're just not going to, you know, plain and simple, you're going to have a, a less chance of getting to that next level. Yeah. It's very, very true. I think it's, uh, it's just more than to just basketball thing to get strength conditioning or, other areas, the aspect that you need to focus on to help build your athleticism or help you get to where you need to be. And I think that's just uh, what you're doing is, like I said, such a rarity. And there's not a lot of people that do it. And it sounds like you have a great location. I think I might have to come in for free eval because I'm one of those people that are Dude, please do. I yeah. would love to meet you in person and give you that eval and touch base. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll definitely come up. Yeah, hit me up. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll plan it. Yeah, because I'm, a, I'm one of those people that are over 30 and sit behind a desk all day. So <laughs> Listen, I don't mean to objectify you. I had no idea how old you were, but I'm happy you fit right in that target market. <laughs> yeah, right in that target market. So That's I right, man. I'd be happy to be a desk. That's right, be, be show everyone what's up. But That's yeah, right. no, this has been great, Tim. I, I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you'd like to speak about? Question, comments, or anything that I did not bring up? Um, no, I guess just one thing, if I could just make a quick plug, you know, thank yeah. you again so much for having me on the podcast. It's great to sit down and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting you in person and seeing how, how stuck your hips are. Oh, bad. They're bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see when that day comes, but I'll definitely be able to help you out. But, um, I just wanted for anybody that's listening here, I do have an Instagram account that I'm trying to build up and trying to post and some content about, you know, different things that we're doing uh, in the office and in the training facility. Um, so my Instagram tag is at Dr. Underscore Tim underscore DPT. You can just search my name too, Tim Swenson it should show up. 
Um, please give me a follow. I'm going to try to keep posting some more content regularly with a lot of the guys that I'm working with uh, for basketball training specifically. And, you know, if anybody that you know is looking for some help, you know, any young hoopers out there that are trying to take their game to the next level, that'd be awesome. I would love to help out. I'm here for all that stuff. So please feel free to reach out with an email, phone call. You know, my website is primalptri.com and you can reach me there through email and just check the website out in general. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tim, for being on. We'll also share all that information as well, too. Uh, with the episode as well uh, so I can't can't thank you enough for being on the show I'm definitely excited to come in for the free eval and possibly could have me as one of your patients come forward that's right man that sounds great dude I'm looking forward to it awesome awesome well thank you so much for being on the show and best of luck with everything and is there anything that we can do in our end to help out as well too let me know you better believe it man I definitely will thank you so much again yeah no problem all right, that was my interview with Dr. Tim Swenson. A lot of fun. Really enjoyed our conversation. Next week, I have another great episode for you guys with Pro Book Sports. A great interview with them. They are creating an app for athletes and coaches uh, that really focuses on calendars and calorie uh, diet uh workouts it's really great uh awesome to speak with them and how they developed this app and i really hope you guys enjoy it because honestly i uh started the app and how it works and i i really enjoyed it so you guys should definitely check it out and they're just entrepreneurs so i think it's a cool thing to get them on the show always happy to have entrepreneurs on the show as well as we might have another episode for you guys on thursday two coming to you guys uh i have a uh owner of someone who does Honor of Our Value, Sean Jewett. Jewett, he owns Honor of Our Honor Our Value. He does the NIL stuff, so it's really cool. He's worked with some athletes that have been on this show, so I'm happy to bring him on the show and speak with him and see how we got into it. Uh, like I said, another entrepreneur, entrepreneur, so it'd be great to have them both on the show uh, next week. So be great to have them on, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week, and we will see you guys next week.